Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today on Subscribing to Wellness, we are joined by founder and CEO of Alex Ice Cream, Alec Jaffe. Former USC football player turned ice cream maker, Alec is on a mission creating an ice cream made up of the world's only certified regenerative organic A2 dairy and carbon neutral regenerative cane sugar. This ice cream is actually making a positive impact on the planet. We unpack all of these buzzwords with Alec to understand what exactly A2 Dairy is and better understand the regenerative farming techniques they are using. Alec, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rachel. So happy to be here. For our listeners, could you give us a quick introduction on who you are? Totally. So I am Alec from Alex Ice Cream, and we have launched the what we call the supernatural ice cream, where it is better for the planet, better for your stomach, and tastes amazing. All right. We got to unpack all of that a little bit more. <laughs> so better for the stomach, better for the planet. So Alex Ice Cream uses A2 dairy and regenerative farming, all of which are some buzzwords that I'd like to kind of unpack. So let's start with the A2 dairy. Can you tell us what A2 dairy is and how it differs from, you know, the normal milk that's typically found in ice cream? A2 is a protein that's found in dairy. It's a beta casein protein, which is a fancy way of saying it's a milk protein. All mammals milk has this A2 protein. So human milk, goat milk, sheep milk, and cow's milk also has this A2 protein. But a long time ago, there was a mutation where some dairy cows, particularly ones that were bred for more like mass production. So as you look at how industrial agriculture in America really boomed in the 1900s, as we were not really caring as much about our impact on the environment and just caring about output, the cows that more predominantly had this A1 milk protein gene. So most cows were producing this A2 historically milk. Then a long time ago, some cows started producing this A1 milk protein instead of that A2 protein. And that A1 protein is what causes a lot of digestive issues for people when they're consuming cow's milk. So a lot of people who are sort of that like self-diagnosed lactose intolerant person, a lot of those digestive issues are often caused actually by this A1 milk protein. And so we're working with a farm that genetically tests and breeds their herds to produce 100% A2 dairy that's easy to digest. So you can have that delicious, indulgent dairy ice cream experience without your stomach hurting, which I think for all of us is a super exciting and big deal because we like to say ice cream should be blowing, not bloating, and, but that's what ours does. Got it. So my mind automatically goes to two quick things. One is it must be more expensive and two, more expensive to manufacture. And two, I believe you're the only ice cream on the market using A2 dairy right now. Is that correct? That's correct. We, well, we are the only organic craft ice cream that's using. There's one other brand that uses it, but they're more focused low calorie, light ice cream. It's a very different product. So we're the only organic indulgent craft ice cream that, that uses A2 dairy. 
And if you guys were to foray into like vegan ice cream, is there an equivalent of like A2 dairy in the vegan world that's like net new that people aren't doing? Or would you just do like a a coconut milk or some something like that? <laughs> I don't think there really is. I mean, to be honest, we haven't dived deep enough into the plant. We haven't looked at doing plant-based that deep. And most people don't really have a lot of digestive issues around plant-based. So I, I don't know. So I guess my, yeah. my short answer is I don't know. No, that's great. Okay. So se- second part of Alex is the regenerative part, which I'd like to unpack a little bit more. So if you can define what regenerative farming is for us and then what you guys are doing to create an ice cream that's not only better for your gut using a dairy, but now better for the planet. So regenerative farming is this really exciting new concept that is, I would call it a movement really, that is starting to really gain a lot of momentum in both agriculture and in consumer goods. And the easiest way to think about it is a holistic farming system that uses a variety of practices, one of them being utilizing grazing animals like cows. And we use these practices to create a set to create ecological outcomes, one of them being pulling carbon out of the air and into the soil, effectively potentially creating carbon negative farms where you're helping to reverse climate change by lowering your carbon emissions and storing that carbon that we're all trying to remove out of the atmosphere and into the ground. Um, And so when you look at it, you have industrial agriculture, which was, you know, feedlot farms, a lot of pesticides, the monocrop fields, and that was really damaging to the environment. Then we moved to the organic movement, which was, okay, let's stop doing all those bad things and let's start doing some good things and start thinking about our impact when we're farming and everything that we're doing. But the issue there is it was really sort of a do no harm kind of outcome. And in our situation, in our climate situation, we really need to start like making changes versus just sort of doing no harm. And so that's where regenerative agriculture comes in, where we're actively playing offense against climate change and trying to be a, an important piece in the puzzle of the climate crisis. Yeah, 100%. It's super interesting. And I would be curious to understand how hard is it to find the right regenerative partners as you're trying to like find the right match for your business? Is it, you know, does it take a while to qualify these kind of partners or is it, or is there kind of an abundance in like this recent surge? It's definitely a challenge to find regenerative partners. We have found a great farm that we partner with. We source our dairy exclusively from them. So they are both regenerative and they have A2 dairy. And so it's a really unique partner that we work with and it's super exciting. And they're local in California as well. And it's just an amazing partnership that we have with them. But overall, you know, it is hard because it takes time and there's an upfront cost for the farmers of transitioning over to these regenerative systems and practices. And so, and then for us on top of that, we are also USDA organic. So imagine you're a conventional farm and uh, you're a conventional dairy farm and we want to potentially work with you as a supplier. Well, you would need to first transition over to be a USDA organic, which I believe takes three years to just transition your soil and everything like that. And then on top of that, 
you're also going to be integrating all these regenerative practices, managing your grazing, rotational grazing, which I can get into that, what that means in a second, just like super high level. So there is a, we're at the start of this movement, I think, where farmers are starting to see this and be like, oh, I can, you know, if I make this upfront investment in the short term, long term, I can have a much better outcome because my input costs are going to be lower, which as we're seeing kind of costs with everything go crazy right now. You know, if you can have your cows mainly feeding on grass, that's just naturally growing in your pastures that really helps with lowering input costs to where long run, you're actually creating a more profitable farm. Did you want to touch on that grazing practice that you mentioned? Sure. Basically, it's really the main way that cows are utilized in the regenerative farming system. And what it is, basically, imagine you have a field where your cows are grazing. Oftentimes, you know, you'll have sections of the large sections of the field where you're let the cows go out. That's kind of just like typical, like, all right, cows, go do your thing, kind of graze wherever you want to graze. In regenerative farming, you turn that field into a grid with very specific sections in the grid and you manage where the cows are each day in that grid. And what that does is it allows the cows to not, because cows aren't thinking like long-term second order effects of where they're eating their grass. They just see the best grass and they want to go after it. What managed grazing and rotational grazing does is it allows you as the farmer to basically make sure the cows never eat the grass down to the root, effectively killing the grass, which leaves exposed soil, which then allows the carbon to release from the soil and go up into the atmosphere. Oh my God. That is awesome. Wait, do you guys, is there any sort of like technology or like apps or trackers that are attached to the cows to make sure like this happens? Because how do you, how do you ensure that like a cow doesn't (laughs) eat all of the grass? Totally. Well, you know, basically, I guess just like how much they're going to eat in a day. The farm that we work with is a fourth generation dairy farm, family owned dairy farm, you know, like they, they kind of just know it's, it's sort of these, this pass down knowledge of, and you know, like, okay, how long can we keep them out here? And how many cows can we put in a certain surface area within the grid, you know? And then honestly, from what I've seen, I mean, I'm sure someone's working on it or maybe there's something out there, but it's a lot of just like very old school, you know, okay, they're going here today, here tomorrow, here the next day. And it's really cool to see, like, it's a very, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And that's the other thing to Daniel's point of like, you know, is there a lot of supply? Like there, there's a lot of effort that goes into doing things the right way. It's not as easy. It, it's, it's a more difficult route right now because there aren't all these supporting systems in place, but they're starting to come online, all these supporting systems. But right now I think it's just a lot of manual effort, but I'm also not a farmer. So there are probably people who you could talk to who know a lot more about the ins and outs. I just seen the grid and I've seen the cows on the field and I know the outcomes. That's it. But and you make the ice cream. No, no, no. And I made the ice cream. Yeah. So, so back to Alex ice cream. So the A2 dairy and the regenerative farming is obviously like a huge piece of Alex ice cream as the brand sits today. And I think what differentiates you guys is these main core aspects of the company and these principles that you hold your product to, how are you effectively communicating this to consumers so that 
A, like you're differentiating your product, but B, also like driving awareness to two areas of like the world and, you know, things that people should be aware of and how they can help? It's definitely a challenge. I mean, it's two new concepts that we've been talking for a little bit now and are now like, you know, it takes some time to explain, okay, what is A2 dairy? What is regenerative agriculture? Like, what does that really mean? You know, regenerative agriculture, it sounds good, but like, I don't really know exactly what that means. And it it takes some time to communicate that. And with our, we're predominantly sold in grocery stores. So we were really mindful about how we designed our packaging to communicate, try and communicate that in a way that feels a approachable to a consumer while also sort of hinting at what we're doing and like giving them a little bite-sized piece of information of like, okay, this is better for the planet and like, it won't hurt my stomach. And then trying to use our website and social media and email and all these other tools to really expand on that message. And, you know, when you're, when you've tried the ice cream and you taste it and you're like, oh my God, this tastes amazing. And then you get excited about, oh, and my stomach doesn't hurt. And I'm helping actually make a positive impact. And it's a real, buying a thing of ice cream in the grocery store is a really easy way to, to help make a positive impact on the environment. That's where we want to try and get people really excited about like, okay, this is more than just ice cream. Yeah. You're creating really like a whole brand community around it. Can you tell us the current product lineup of what you guys offer? Yeah. So we have our tubs of ice cream that you can buy in the grocery store. And we have six flavors out in the market right now. We also ship direct to consumer nationwide um, through our website. We have six flavors, Tahitian vanilla bean, mint chocolate chip, salted caramel latte, matcha chocolate chip, honey blueberry lavender, and chocolate chocolate chip. With those flavors and as you guys currently are, I think my mind automatically goes to, you know, what's next for Alex ice cream or Alex as a brand. How else can you be making a difference through your brand and your storytelling with A2 Dairy as well as regenerative farming? Have you guys started to think about like where the brand continues to lend to? Yeah. For us, we look at long-term. We want to create positive impacts on the environment and our world through these elevated indulgent items. And so we've started with ice cream. That's really going to be our core focus is growing our ice cream business and particularly in in the pints category. And then long-term we can expand throughout frozen desserts. I think that's the sort of obvious next continuing to expand with novelties and looking at pack sizes and all that stuff. And then it's really looking at where are some natural expansion territories outside of frozen that we're looking at really long-term. So in the short term, it's really just, okay, how can we grow our core business? And then are there any additional territories in that freezer aisle that we can expand into? Yeah, that makes sense. So we've actually, we've chatted with Ben from Van Leeuwen and we've chatted with the Halo Top guys as well. We're big ice cream fans over here. If you can <laughs> nice. tell. Yeah. And it's a category that both Daniel and I love and super interested in. I think there's like so much to dig into within it. And, you know, Van Leeuwen's route has really been expansion through retail and their scoop shops. I'm curious if that feels like Alex ice cream play. Like, do you guys have any interest in breaking into retail and brick and mortar 
like your standalone own brick and mortar store, or do you feel like you really just want to differentiate yourself on the shelf in a retailer? For us, our focus is really more on shelf in grocery. That's really our path. I, you know, I don't want to say, I never want to say never. And, you know, maybe we'll get into the brick and mortar game, but it's not really a priority for us. We're really focused on you know, really awesome product for people to go into the grocery store and purchase. Yeah, that makes sense. And with that, are you guys back in person sampling or how are you really driving first time customer purchase rates up? Because I obviously it's a very hard thing for someone to just like buy a pint of ice cream on a whim, a net new pint that they've never seen before. That I think has been the biggest challenge for us. So we launched our brand at the end of 2020. We just launched this rebrand this year with transitioning over to our regenerative and A2 supply chain. So we launched our pasture-raised organic ice cream, our original product in the end of at the end of 2020. And the best way to get someone to try a new product is to say, hey, here, you know, try a sample. And we really believe in our product quality and the flavor. And I think that the big thing for us is all the better for you and better for planet things that we do. We want those to all level up into creating a better tasting ice cream too. Because for me, if ice cream doesn't taste good, it's what's the point of eating ice cream. So we really believe in the taste aspect of our product. And we haven't been able to do sampling because, you know, with COVID and the pandemic, stores aren't allowing sampling. So that's been a really big challenge for us is, okay, how do we do things to drive trial? And like we've look, we've done direct mail coupon campaigns. We've even done local stuff like, so our production facility, which that's a kind of another unique thing about us as a, as a new brand is we actually produce this ourselves. We have our own production facility in Sonoma County. So we're on the production line, you know, making every, every cup of ice cream. We've done things where we've like hosted free ice cream drive-throughs, like in the heart of the pandemic and said like, Hey, just come up and drive up and we'll hand you a pint, a free pint to take home and enjoy with your family. And like people love that and really reacted positively to that just because, you know, at that time, anyone was looking for just something to do. So now that demos uh, are coming back in store, it's as widely available as we would like, but it's starting to happen. So we're definitely going to be investing in that moving forward. Yeah, that makes sense. I'd love to hit you with some of our rapid fire questions that we like to do with our guests. So we'll hit some questions your way and give us whatever, you know, first comes to mind. Biggest regret you feel like you made when starting the business? Oh, man, I would say is just not being patient enough and not really. I think when you start, you're so eager to just like get going and you want to see results and you want to see all this movement happening. And so you sometimes make not the best decisions because you're just like wanting something to happen, kind of have this like nervous, anxious founder energy. And so I think that's probably my biggest, I wouldn't even say it's a regret. I don't really have a lot of regrets, but just looking back, like, wow, I've learned a lot through this process. Yeah, that makes sense. Your favorite flavor of your ice cream. So my favorite flavor, my lifetime favorite flavor is mint chocolate chip. When I taught myself how to make ice cream back in elementary school, it was the first flavor I made was peppermint. The second flavor I made was mint chocolate chip. So it's always been my favorite flavor. This is going to be a hot take question, but I'm really curious. If you had to pick another ice cream brand on the market to eat, what ice cream (laughs) would you pick 
Okay. And of course, this is if Alex didn't exist, but I I'm just curious. Yeah. So my go-to ice cream when, before I started this growing up was Ben and Jerry's, but as an adult, it was salt and straw. Ooh, yes. Oh, I used to live in the Bay Area and... I love salt and straw. I'm up in Palo Alto, so I go way too often. Nice. Yeah. One more One more for me. What is kind of your biggest learning that you've taken to the professional world after being a college athlete? The biggest learning for me is really not getting too up and not getting too low and sort of this just having this sense of consistently just attacking what we're doing every day. And in sports, it's like, you're always training. You're always doing something. You're all, you know, you have your off season practices, you have your in season practices during the week on the weekend, you're after the games, you're watching film and there's always just something going on. And then in the, you know, a good play happens. That's awesome. You know, there's going to be a play right after it and that could be a bad play. And then after that bad play, there's going to be another play and you have to constantly stay ready. And so it's something that we call a next play mentality. And in, in a startup, like it's a roller coaster of there's amazing days and there's really bad days and you just can't get too high or too low because there's going to be a, a tomorrow where you're going to need to come back to the office and keep just pushing. And so that's, I think, the biggest thing that I've taken from sports to business. We love the sports analogies. Daniel and I were both collegiate athletes. So as much as we can chat with collegiate athletes, we do love it. And last but not least, if you had to tell us like your go-to snack of the day besides ice cream, what would it be? Ooh, my my go-to snack of the day. I would say we've been on a honey mama's kick here at the house. Uh, and so maybe I'd say that one. What flavor do you like? Their mint one is pretty good. I like that. I think I like that one the best. I haven't had that one. So we like to ask all of our guests how they subscribe to wellness. So what are some things that you do on a daily, weekly basis to be able to show up for yourself, for your family, friends, for Alex ice cream as well? I would say for me, my my wellness routine is pretty simple, but very, very important to me. It's just going to the gym, working out regularly meditation. I like to do, you know, at least three to five minutes in the morning after working out, I've started journaling a little bit and in the mornings as well. And it's just helpful to kind of just like get out of your head and get all your, all the thoughts running around in your head, just on paper. And it always has a very calming effect for me and a centering effect. So I would say those three things. And then just, uh, I eat a lot of ice cream for my for my job, so the rest of my diet needs to be pretty good. Otherwise, I'm going to start gaining a lot of weight. So that's also super important to me. Just general nutrition. I love that. I yeah. eat a lot of ice cream for my job. Yep. And where can our listeners learn more about Alex Ice Cream or find you guys? You can follow us on Instagram at Alex Ice Cream or check out our website alexicecream.com. We're popping up in retailers around the country, so. You know, in the Bay Area, you can find us in places like Molly Stones or Nugget or Good Eggs. And then we've we just got on shelf at Erewhon and Mother's Market in Southern California. Uh, and then uh, around the country, we're in the Fresh Market, Mom's Organic Market, New Seasons, Harmon's, Plum Market. And so starting to pop up in, in all these amazing retailers around the country. Well, thank you so much, Alec. Now it's morning as we're recording this, but I feel like now I need to go eat some ice cream. Um, yeah. 
Uh, we hope you have a great rest of your day and thank you again. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.